You're listening to The Real Short Box, a comic book podcast made for geeks by geeks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Real Short Box. Uh, sitting across from me tonight, as always, is Dr. Kevin. And to my left or right, you'll never know, is Darth Donald. Dolph Donald. <laughs> well, you are wearing black. <laughs> Is this very maniacal? Thank you. Okay, great. So, as we promised you folks, in our continuation of rapping about Star Wars here, we are going to get to episodes one, two, and three. Uh, so, uh, obviously, you know, we spoke very kindly, I feel, uh, of episodes four, five, and six, which should surprise nobody. And I think it's important that you all know the age group that we're in, we were a, a not necessarily... We were not necessarily alive and well while these films were in theaters, but we were alive but not, you know, fully conscious of the world. But the pop culture phenomena of Star Wars, we actually saw firsthand. We were around for the anticipation of this episode uh, 1, 2, and 3 that we never thought was actually going to be done. Kevin, do you remember any stories of this, how they kept talking about 1, 2, and 3, and like, no. it's never going to happen? Let's bring up the fact that Kevin, at this point in time, did work at Arclight Cinemas, which was the uh, the premium. Well, for, uh, the, uh, for, oh, for, the, for the last one, not the oh, first oh, one. Oh, I'm not going... No, no, no. Kevin lived there at Arclight Cinemas. No, oh, oh, I'm not going there just yet. I'm no. more, more like in the, the uh, 80s, 90s era, when you oh, kept okay. hearing that, ooh, maybe a prequel's coming. And what do they do? They just re-release it and put new scenes in like a, t- a THX. Special edition. That was 97, if I recall. Yeah, 97 yes. special edition. That's correct. Yes, I took my mom to all three. Did you know? Yep, that, Mother's Day. What a terrible oh, nice. tease. But Kevin, do you remember hearing all these rumors of an episode one, two, and three and thinking like, this isn't going to happen, I guess. Keep hearing it and hearing it and nothing happens. Yeah, I did. I remember I got, interestingly enough, I bought the last VHS box set that was not the special edition, but mm. you know, it was THX sound, all that good stuff. Right. And I remember, you know, I think there might be something mentioning about, it. oh yeah, this they're beginning to work on the prequels finally. And I, you know, I saw a George Lucas interview, it's coming, it's coming. And then sure enough, they when they did the casting, when I saw Samuel Jackson was cast, I was like, oh, okay, they're for real. Yeah, Donald, in general, do you have any opinion on the uh, restored versions and added scenes to our original 4, 5, and 6? Yeah, um, the whole thing with uh, Jabba the Hutt was ridiculous. The (laughs) fact that he actually made the trek out to talk to Han Han Solo. Solo. Well, the thing is, originally Jabba was played by like like a kind of a big human who was wearing like a thick fur coat. So later on, Return of the Jedi decided to make him into that you know, big yeah. fat slobby creature. So originally Java wasn't like meant to be That's cool and all, but it was, like, it that was scene silly. was it, really bad. It, it was poor. Yeah, it was poorly it put together. It was really bad and unnecessary. Yep. Um I have the laser discs of the original before. Oh, those are so are sacred. Yeah, those are sacred. And I do have a laser disc player. So Matter of fact, I'm taking it home. If you guys want to, we can watch it after this. Nah, I think I'll do you better. I'm, I'm going to take I, your laser disc player and the disc. It's quite an outstanding offer. Very hard to pass on that one. Um but I I mean you feel like I, of course, don't want him to touch the movies. They are sacrosanct, as we mentioned in the last podcast. But also, too, like if you're gonna like add more depth in terms of like physical depth to the screen and the world, and you know, making it a little bigger, I get the background stuff. But the the CGI in the foreground, guys, CGI was just not that advanced in 1977, and to me, it's extremely awkward. And I'll tell you where I lost my mind 
is when they they had one of those like Beetlejuice style worms coming out of the Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is just not cool. It, it was it, silly. You know, it, it just ugh, unnecessary. Thankfully, you know, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi wasn't as bad with with the CGI additions. The only thing I didn't like, though, was at the end, they changed the ending song to Return of the Jedi. Not to say it was bad, but I kind of missed the yub. Was it the yub dub song? That yub yub. Yeah. Yub 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 yub. Whatever it was. Oh, that was Here's the thing. We, we all have a, a period of sentimentality with these films. And you take that away, you take away the sentimentality. And it, it kind of... Uh, Estranges us, estranges us from the uh, the material. Because kids now they have no idea. Yeah, they have no idea. Well, also too, like, someone tells which, them or shows them. You know, th- this to me was the first series of movies that I felt really went extraordinarily in depth with green screens and CGI, where they were literally creating entire worlds, not just using it as backdrops. Which I support that because I know what it takes. To put that on screen. Kind of like a put, cool matte painting. Yeah, to put something deep. I know that that's expensive. It takes a lot of resources, and it's barely noticed. I remember when I played Super Nintendo for the first time, as opposed to the NES, the first thing I noticed is, wow, those backgrounds are more alive. That's cool with me. But in this series, I'm like, man, George Lucas really stepped ahead into the future and started creating a CGI world and that is later using, being used and abused now in and, started, and also started using you know high end digital cameras. Best Super Nintendo high, high definition cameras. Best Super Nintendo game was the uh, King Kong one or the uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Donkey Kong Donkey Kong Country yeah Donkey Kong Country really good but man that system had a lot of great games. It was very hard but it was also a lot of fun and it was so pretty such a good game. Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, we play. Me and my lovely lady play that on the Nintendo Wii frequently. Nice, nice. Have you beat it yet? Oh no. Yeah, it's a tough one. One one day. Minecart Carnage is so much fun, even though it's impossible. Mm. It's fun, but I hate it. But uh, anyway, so what I'm going to start here is this is going to be something I had to wait till episode two of our podcast to do. We are going to debut the Wall of Shame, Uh and in the Wall of Shame. Uh oh. I do not particularly dislike Mr. Jar Jar Binks, but I understand that even the dork side has justified beef with Jar Jar Binks. And let's just say, not only his characterizations, which could be taken straight out of a minstrel show, in my humble opinion, but also with his characterizations that he's just... They're like, oh, he was just one of these things that Lucas needed to sell a toy and blah, blah, blah. I'm not even talking about that. Of course he wants to sell toys. What upsets me is... I just kind of don't understand his purpose. Mm-mm. What are your thoughts on Mr. Banks, Mr. Kivon? I'm trying to figure that out too. After all these years, <laughs> twenty years is he? At first, I thought he was going to be some kind of guide, and then supposed to be some kind of humor point, or he's just annoying. <laughs> Misa this, Misa that, Misa this, Misa Misa that. a mistake. Misa needs to go away. Yes. And that's exactly what Misa did. He went away. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. They realized instantly. And it's funny, if you watch the documentary that he did, the behind the oh, scenes yeah. on Star Wars, He's like, George Lucas says himself, I went to Jar Jar is going to be the, the key to all of this. He's going to be the key to all of this. And they were like, motherfucker, are you kidding me? But yeah. sh- sure as shit. He was serious. Yep. He thought that Jar Jar was going to link everything together. That was his original vision. And it when it came out and everybody hated instantly that character, I think he was like, 
Oops. Oh, shit. Oops. Yeah. Oopsie. What did I do? Oopsie. Yep. In my humble opinion, Lucas caved. And honestly, I don't think he should have. I think George Lucas is a guy who routinely in this series gives the middle finger to his audience. I don't know why he decided to buckle on that particular issue. Truthfully, I, I mean, this is a guy, like I said, who added the stupid earthworm effect to the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I'm a little surprised he caved on it. Mm-hmm. It's just my opinion. But um, now, the best way to kind of analyze this is that I, I break it down very simple. I like episode one. I hate episode two. And episode three, I I, I like and hate, depending on how, you know, I kind yeah, of kind of see okay. it. So, like, episode one, what I kind of like about it is that yeah you know we remember in star wars a new hope we're establishing a world we're telling a story he has to do the same thing in episode one but it didn't feel very repetitive to me like there was enough in there to keep it fresh for me i didn't feel like i was watching the same movie again like we will get into depth about star wars the force awakens how i really thought like i was watching a new hope all over again but like with episode one i i like the pacing of it uh, I was utterly confused by all the political jargon in it uh, between viceroys and like the queen and chancellor. And chancellor, like I, I don't understand what he was really getting at. As you know, we all three of us have read history books, uh, are, are relatively aware of what goes on in politics. I didn't understand a darn thing he was trying to say. Well, what he was trying to say is basically how you go from a democratic republic to a dictatorial empire. So I kind of saw he was, he was setting the seeds, planting, planting the seeds. That, that's fine. And I agree with you. And I, I got that part. But that's that's a very shallow thing for the amount of screen time that they allotted with this political jargon. I just thought there'd be more to it. No, I get it. I mean, it just may not have been perfectly executed, but I see what he was trying to go for. Yeah, I like the pod race. I just do. I like the pod race. I don't particularly care for young Anakin as an actor. Uh, I, I honestly think his lines weren't even that bad. It was the actor. Jake Lloyd? Jake Lloyd. Was and you know who also was up for that role, I believe, believe it or not, in that same year this movie came out, that uh, that episode one came in, Phantom Menace, was The Sixth Sense. Oh, Haley Jaws. Haley Jaws, I think, was up for the role of Anakin Boy, as well. Boy, he dodged a bullet. <laughs> he's, he's a little pudgy now. Yeah, Haley he Joel is. Yeah, he Actually, he's slimmed up somewhat with uh, the boys. If you've seen him recently in that, mm. he's, honestly, he's very good in that. So, um, Haley Joel, um, my hat's off to you, sir. Now, one thing with episode one, in my opinion, what I would have done, I would have started Anakin at a little older age, maybe at 12 years old in episode sure. one, in my opinion. But of course, yeah, not like eight. Yeah, like, you know, eight or nine, they we started out. Well, you know, this is George's vision, so we can't argue with it. But just my opinion, I would have had him be a few years older. Pretty much ruined Jake Lloyd's life, by the way. Yes, that's true. I mean, you know, he gets cracked on, he gets persecuted. And he came off a jingle all the way, which I absolutely love. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. He's great stuff. Now, I was at um, the gym the other day with with, uh, Pete, who's a friend of the show, and I'm not a big Sebulba fan. He loves him. He says he's perfect. He's like, "Eh, you know, you got to talk like this. You know, my my thing is, is that I don't love him. I I could take or believe he's not quite in the Jar Jar category. But once again, it's just like. Honestly, I didn't even remember him until just now. Like, legit. Why do I have a it feeling a slave this, owner. Sentence, this sentence will actually pop up in later Star Wars, for sure. Yep. Uh, things that we talk about. 
Um, but obviously also too, something to mention in episode one is that what kind of separates it for me from the other ones in the trilogy is just the effectiveness of Darth Maul. Now, Darth Maul, they could have paid more screen time attention I to. I wish they did. In, in my opinion. And he should have been in episode two. But still extremely memorable. My goodness. It, 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 the, the fight between Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul. Yeah. That was the best thing about the movie. Yep. Honestly, yep. when I watched that first movie, I fast forward. To oh, that. me too. Me too. Yeah, I Great fast too. forward to that. That's all I need to see. Is that? And, fight and scene. also to go with that fight scene, the beautiful score from John Williams. Oh my god! Duel, duel yes. of the fates. Yes. So beautiful. So beautiful. What's interesting too is, is like I feel with that movie, there are slow areas. I agree with Donald. I think like if you get into a sword that, fight, that's kind of music you want to hear in the back. You kind of want to uh-huh. fast forward to, but once again, you're creating this world, and ultimately, my anger that would come with this series is the fact that you spent this time building up this world and the payoffs to me were just were weak for a good portion of the trilogy, which really irritated, you know, the bejesus out of me to say the least. Um, we jump into episode two, which I hate virtually everything about it. To me, two. that was the worst Star Wars film up until a certain other film. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. Oh, you, So I'm not alone. Nope. I've only ever seen nope. the second one once in at the drive-in theater in my hometown. And to be fair to episode two, every time I see it, I hate it less. But I still hate it. Like, there's just... The scene where the Jedis are being surrounded by the droids, that's really cool. Like, don't get me wrong, it's a cool scene. But my thing is, Jango Fett was just such a useless character. Like, you could have made him so much cooler! Mm-hmm. There's some truth to that. And it also, I wish we would have gotten a more understanding of Count Dooku's motivations. Right, yeah. Because, like, Christopher Lee, a great all-time actor. I wish they gave him more. That might give him some more too, meat. Give him no some more offense, meat. but he's too goddamn old to be doing that kind of shit. I just didn't buy it at all. What, him doing lightsaber fighting? Yeah, fighting well, and flips I, I, well, and bullshit. Well, 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 I've always made fun of that. That, that always cracks yeah. me up, you know. <laughs> I, I didn't dig that at but all. But why does Christopher Lee look almost just like his character that he does in the Lord of the Rings. I mean, they came out at the same time. With Sauron? Yeah, it's just like, really? Is like Christopher Lee the only guy available to do these roles? Well, here's what's funny. I think, wasn't Sean Connery supposed to play one of those roles in Lord of the Rings? And then he just said he just didn't understand it, and he turned it down, and he could have made a lot of, lot of money from it. It's possible. I don't, yeah. I don't really know, to be yeah, honest. Sean was an actor for many years. Some some things just aren't going to appeal to you after a while. But yeah. I do own his last film. Legally Extraordinary Gentleman. Yeah. Directed by the guy who directed The Blade. Stephen, Nor- Blade Stephen Norrington. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Now, uh, Donald, I, I just feel like you're the person I want to go to for this because I know you're going to have a, a very good take on this. What is up with Amidala and Anakin's like romance scenes in episode two? Tribe. It's bullshit. Tribe. It's all dried up. It's it's worse so than contrived. than uh, a seventy year old uh, grandma trying to be uh, erotic. It's just <laughs> not working. It's Most just... of those British films you said you, you used to watch. <laughs> we can't talk about that. Oh yes, yes, yes. Would you like to play some chess? Yes, I would. Would you like to fuck on the table? But, yes, I would. But specifically, the chemistry between the actors. What in the world was that? There was no chemistry. There was no chemistry whatsoever. It was uh, what's-his-face and what's-her-face. Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman. Thank you. Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman had zero chemistry. Zero. You couldn't have put... You could put a, a piece of wood... Probably balsa because that's uh, that's that can be worn down. Now you know good. who else interested up with the movie that came out that same year who I heard was up for that role supposedly. I thought I thought he would have been a good one too. 
James Franco. I mean, oh. At least he would have given some characterization. Man, I don't know. I remember even one point years earlier they said that Leonardo DiCaprio was up for the Anakin Skywalker He's up role. for everything. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, I, mean, he's supposed to be uh, I also heard that Idris Elba was up for the role. Because why not? <laughs> Jeez. That guy's name gets thrown around so much I can't even keep track anymore. So sure, might as well throw him in as Dude, well. Dude, I like the Dark Tower. Every night that I go to bed with my AR-15, I say the gun credo from the Dark Tower. That was my uh, that was my birthday uh, movie. Yeah, that, was, that movie wasn't too bad. It was no. bullshit. Come on. It was fucking bullshit. No, I think compared to the book, it it was well, obviously as a obviously. movie in obviously. general, it was bullshit. Ah. Ah. Speaking of which, um, so here here's another instance. I feel like Lucas caved. I think either his own common sense or the fans got to him. You notice those romance scenes between Anakin and Amidala were very wasn't, limited. There wasn't three. any. Oh no, yes. no, there was there was one. No, there was, was quick. Quick. there just was wasn't quick. any magic there. It was quick. In episode three, they're like, we're just doing one quick romance scene because it's a function of the plot. You know, he, yeah. he's just like, I, I have no more with this. We, we are done. Now, with. one thing I did like about episode two, but they didn't really fully realize this, the whole Sifo Diaz thing and, and the clone army and, and them going to that planet Camino. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, Django and Obi-Wan kind of go out, go at it there. But they never, we never find out who the hell is Sifo Diaz and, and what did he really Order, order the clones. It's, it's like one of these little plot holes that was never really solved. Yeah, episode two is a bizarre film. Like, I remember when I saw, like, a, a, first of all, a series that's very similar just because they're very both Tolkien-inspired. One's actually Tolkien. Uh, I did not like the Two Towers Lord of the Rings film until the third movie came out and I could sandwich it back in and, and see what was there. Because obviously it was just like one big battle with Helm's Deep until you find out all the storylines that kind of go through to number three i feel like this one is almost completely pointless I, I just don't know how they progress the story in a way that was interesting in, in my humble yeah. opinion I just... plus i would have liked to have seen like much like how you saw some slight interactions with darth maul and darth sidious i would love to have seen some scenes with count dooku yes and darth sidious you just saw him for a very brief second just of interacting and that was it You're, like you didn't get into that relationship like okay how did you convince him this former jedi to turn and go in this direction. Now, how do you feel about the lightsaber fight between Count Dooku and Yoda? Well, <laughs> that was some funny stuff. It's hilarious. I, I mean, the, the puppet moving around like that. It was hilarious. It was kind of odd because it was more funny that a eighty or ninety year old man was could make those moves jumping around. Than yeah, yeah, Yoda. yeah, yeah. That that's the cracks me up, especially when especially the hop, the hop yeah, cracks the me hop. up. Every time I see a hop, I start laughing. It just yeah. cracks me up so much. No, Can't do speaking it. of villains, we're gonna jump into number three. So there was a Clone Wars television show that really popularized a character named General Grievous. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. me personally, it came as a a broadside to me because I'm of the opinion that if it's not in the original six, now nine star Wars, I usually don't go out into that universe. So general grievous kind of blindsided me. Um, but when I looked into that great fight scene, great fights, it took up a lot of the movie, very filler oriented in my opinion. It's where Darth Maul should have survived at least until three. That would have been more interesting. Oh my God. Yeah. Had you have him last for three movies and then have Anakin take him out and grow up and, you know, take him out and then you know you have the whole but here's the danger in that what's the danger darth in that? maul really just didn't even have dialogue they must not have believed in his acting ability i mean ray park of course is a skilled wushu uh, kung fu master the coolest character in the whole thing 
I mean, he definitely looks cool. He was well, not you could have kept it limited with the lines. That, that sometimes when well, sometimes the best thing is to say little. So maybe mm-hmm. it, you could have made it work. You'll just have him say a few lines here and there in that voice of his and then cut it. You know, he's a, he's a man of action, not a man of, of words. Now, mm-hmm. before we really get into three, Donald, I have a question for you. Uh, being that we all met at a very special movie theater uh, that was actually, as you know, the Man's Chinese Theater always used to debut these films. But this specific film debuted at Arclight. Do you have a specific memory being on the clock while you were there during this whole entire situation? Well, I actually well, wasn't he there. He wasn't there yet. I was so, there. Were you not? You know, oh, he came, okay. he came, came a few months later. No, but I remember, if if I can recall, I remember Kevin telling me a, a, a fond story of the fact that they took the line from the Chinese theater and they marched them to the Arclight, if yes. I'm correct. right? To break bread, more or less. Yeah, which was really cool to do that. And it, wasn't it like Stormtroopers or some shit that Something did like that? Something like 558th, yeah. yeah. Now, here's the other cool stuff. For I remember for a few months, that entire summer of 2005, they had all the actual props from the movie in the theater, especially in Ceramido. They actually had like the lightsabers for Yoda, Darth Sidious, Mace Windu. Believe huh. me, that was the one time in my life I considered committing larceny it's weird i started to date this girl and we were in uh, an arc light and we broke into the back section of the of the cinerama dome yes and they had one of the lightsabers and she was like use it on me and i was like what do you mean and it took me a while to realize she just wanted to reenact a scene from star wars i see at <laughs> first i thought it was something else she was talking about it I, got very awkward for I a see. moment for a moment for a moment you know uh, when uh first moving out um, in California, I that film came out. I was here less than a year. One of the first deals I ever negotiated in my personal life was I went up to a manager at the time by the name of Wendell, and uh, I remember him. Wendell was not intent on letting us have advanced tickets, right. and I said to him, Wendell, I think it would be very wise of you, considering this film is guaranteed to run about four months. We are going to be expected to work overtime we're going to be expected to work hard harder than we've ever worked just because of the sheer crowd size and i think it is not unreasonable for us and a few of our co-workers to request the ability to buy tickets before you open the doors because online ticket purchasing wasn't a huge thing at this time but not it was yet. a thing not yet i think before and he said you know what you guys get 15 minutes and i walked up and what did i do there was a guy at the box office named Mark. We mentioned him earlier. I will not mention the last name. And you know what that guy did? I said, okay, I'm ready to buy my ticket. He bought his own tickets at the register as I was in line trying to buy my tickets. You are a piece of garbage for doing that, sir. That is <laughs> bad. That is absolutely ridiculous behavior by extraordinarily self-centered people. If you think for one second that that is okay, it's just not. I, I'm sorry. I don't care how big of a fan you are. This is so disrespectful. Am I right or wrong? I mean, am I losing my he mind? He bought it before you? No, he was actually the person who would ring me up. Right. And he said, what are you doing here? I said, oh, well, Wendell said we could buy tickets early. He's like, okay. So he just pulled out his credit card and started buying tickets instead of selling them to me. Yeah. And probably got better true. seats. Oh, I'm sure he got to pick whatever seats he wanted. Yeah. Well, you'd be amazed that first showing, actually, which I was at, and it was midnight show, and I, and I turned, I turned, uh, uh, what do you call it? I flipped some tickets on on eBay with my brother. One of our great <laughs> memories. Wait, no, wait, so, so you manipulate the manager Wendell, and then you go and do something like that? That's, I, I, dude, that, I bought, that is pretty I bought ten up. total tickets. I bought ten tickets. He let you buy I, ten, and I used two of them. He okay? let you buy ten. Okay. My point is, is that group? 
You're... You, you know what? And this is the crookedness of this company. Yeah, you're a crook. No, no, no. The you're crookedness... a crook. No, let me tell you about the crookedness of this company. Mm -hmm. This is the company that hoards every single gift given to them by productions for premieres. And when I went to go buy there, you know what I saw? They had already sold 100 Primo tickets before we even got one. That's messed up. I... Wow. Yeah. So anyway, episode three, guys. What are your overall thoughts, Donald, on episode three? Oh... You know, uh, if uh, again, I watched episode three once. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest here. Oh my goodness! When it came out, and I enjoyed it more than one and two, but I will say one still had the best scene out of the three for me. As far as the fight the, scene, the fight scene with Darth Maul. Well, I enjoyed personally. I enjoyed the the duel. You know, cutting back and forth between Yoda and Palpatine versus Anakin and, and Obi Wan. As a matter of fact, I was actually was upset that the Yoda. Palpatine fight ended earlier than it should have. I wanted that thing to go on almost as long as the other fight. You wanted it to go on for five years. Yes, I did. I, I mm. found, I'll tell you, episode three I thought was visually very captivating. because Also, Mace Windu was cool. I, I was able I to overlook. That's true. Because I was able to overlook also some weak scenes. Like your girl, uh, Natalie, when she comes out and she's like, Oh my God, he's murdering the younglings. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, dialect coach. Literally, you can pull Joe Schmo. You can pull the Brooklyn Brawler off the street from the oh, WWF. Oh, shit. Wow. And he could have given wow. her a lessons. What in the world was she doing, guys? Brooklyn Brawler. Wow. That was You're one of the best there. jobbers. This one of the best jobbers. My point is, what is a that cream puff. there's just... It was visually captivating. I'll give it that. I, I like the fight at the end, although... There's nothing threatening about Hayden Christensen. He's too model-like for my for my feet for my in my opinion. But that last scene where Darth Vader's like, oh, I kind of like that. It's really cool. But I was upset that Dooku went out like a you know what, quick, yeah. And here's the other thing that always bothered me: why didn't he not use any any Sith lightning like he did in Episode Two when it, when clearly he was about he was being overwhelmed? Well, clearly they did not have a lot of money and a lot of days to shoot with him. I guess not. <laughs> but 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 they did have was, the time to have him do a freaking somersault he was before the fight that, began. He was making that Fat Lord of the Rings money. He didn't have time for this shit. Yeah, and if you made Fat Lord of the Rings money, where would you go buy your comic books? There's only you one place would. we can go: the Temple of Comics, Spiro's Heroes. And in fact, Spiros Heroes is one of the best comic shops in all of the world, if not at least the United States, and definitely in California, and especially in Southern California, in the Los Angeles area, and absolutely in Canoga Park. Definitely, absolutely the best in an area of a state in a country in the world. And... Especially, maybe not only the world, in my world, the only world I pay attention to. The only world that matters to you. Exactly. So please check out Elliot's comics books there at Spiro's Heroes. He's got an enormous collection. A Marvel room, a DC room, an independent room. Right. He's got like a room and a half of Marvel. Now. Oh my goodness. He's just grown that significantly. His front room has some of the most eclectic mixes of back issues of key books you've ever seen in your entire life. You will, you will get wet and hard. You will cry at just the beauty. If you're a comic book lover, you will just lose your mind. You may not even leave the story. They may have to lock the store with you in it. Right. You're, so, you're going to have to force you out. Definitely. Please check out Spiro's Heroes in Canoga Park. That's Spiro's Heroes in Canoga Park. So, guys, after just talking about these three episodes with you, uh, my conclusions really haven't changed all that much. 
my feeling about this is that this series is definitely something where I gave George the ability to just say, let's go ahead and make this, George. Let's let's do it. This is what you wanted to do. This was your intention. Whatever you put out there, I will have slight forgiveness for if I dislike it. There are things in this that are memorable to me that I would rewatch and not have a problem rewatching, but obviously not the same kind of intensity did you or enjoy passion. Cri- did you enjoy Crispy Anakin? Crispy Anakin? <laughs> eh, eh. I hate you! He's yummy. I hate you! Get yeah, drunk! As, yeah, bur- as he's burning out, like, I hate yeah. you! Uh, and the funny part about you saw one, it's almost like they had to do it for continuity purposes when he, gra- <laughs> when he grabbed his lightsaber. <laughs> It's almost like he knew, like, wait a minute, I gotta make sure he gets, he gets the lightsaber for, for the next, for, the, for a new right. hope. <laughs> you were my brother! Yeah, oh yeah, that was funny too! Anakin, you were my brother! I couldn't tell by uh, their lack of chemistry. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's a little overacting there. You know, a little but, bit, A little yeah. bit from yeah. Ewan McGregor. But, but what, I'll tell you. Even though the General Grievous character was cool, that whole aside storyline was completely filler, and you know I just do not like filler in something that I hold to be of such high regard. And for one thing, there won't be much filler left in this episode. Oh, no, there won't. But next episode, I have a feeling, is going to have length and anger. And girth. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. All right, guys. With all that being said, my name is Darren. My name is Kevin. And I'm Laird Donald. All right. And we will see you guys at the Righteous Comic Shop. This has been The Real Short Box. We'll see you at the comic shop. Thanks for listening. 